Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On SENSI, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Good afternoon and welcome to the Sandful Show. I'm Sam Fantasia filling in for Jason Regan, filling in for Jared Walsh. Men's, how are you? Welcome to the program. We're going to lean on you a little bit today. No, it's good to have you here, Sammy. We, uh, As you said, Jace was uh, down for it, but he's not available. And uh, Jared is in Bali at the moment. Well, so. on holiday, poor bloke. Yeah, he's, uh, he has. I did see there was an earthquake over there, which yeah. he put up, which is not ideal. But um, hopefully, Jared, you're enjoying your trip away and we'll see you back for the the Sandful Finals, which uh, are going to be exciting. It is heating up in the Sandful. There is plenty happening, and what a last round of footy we had. Huge last round of footy. Just before we get to that, we've got a big show coming up. We've got Port Magpies coach Tyson Goldstack and Sturt star James Battersby. But as you said, men's, we'll look at the weekend's results. Uh, Central District winning an important one to secure their spot in the finals over Port Adelaide, 91-76. to Yeah, they did. It was a a massive win for the Dogs, and we know, and we'll talk about the ramifications shortly, but uh, to get the job done at home against Port Adelaide in effectively an elimination final for them, which they'll play in this weekend, uh, rather impressive from the Dogs. Uh, The Eagles and West Adelaide, that game was just as good and just as tight. It was an incredible finish where... For the second week in a row, we see West Adelaide having a shot after the siren to win the game, and, and this time they certainly did that. A really good win, 12-8-80 to the Eagles, 13-8-86 to the Bloods. A great way to finish for Adam Hartlett's West Adelaide this season. The rebuild's coming along nicely, and a nice little roost from Liam Adela-Huntsey, the goal after the siren. Um, shame Jade Sheedy couldn't go out on high, but that's footy, isn't it? Uh Norwood leapfrogged both South and Eagles on the ladder with their win over the Crows, getting up 93-74. to 74. Uh, They had a big last quarter, booting seven goals, two to just three behind after three-quarter time. Yeah, they were very good, Norwood. They jumped the Crows at the start. The Crows then wrestled the ascendancy back, and as you mentioned, Norwood's last quarter was sensational. It's it's a nice finish for the Red Legs, 15-3-93-10-14-74. So very accurate kicking for the Red Legs, not so much for the Crows, but... Uh, Look, Norwood, they finish on six wins, one draw, and 11 losses. They were 0-8 to start the season. So six of their last 10 games they won. It shows that definitely the team is there for next season to build on and a really nice win there for the Red Legs, as it was for the Bays down at Glenelg. A nice, strong, comfortable win to win and sew up the minor premiership, 14-16-100, defeating South Adelaide 5-10-40. Oh, it's a great time of year to be in uh, good form, although uh, Bays fans would probably be saying that their side's been in form pretty much all season. Yeah, they have been. They had a uh, loss to Eagles a couple of weeks ago, which wasn't their best game of the year, but you feel like it's you almost need that loss going into the finals. It just straightens you up. It shows if there's any cracks that are appearing and there certainly weren't any on the weekend. They look as complete as any team going into the finals. And another team that uh, put in a really good performance, which is going to hold them in good stead, is the Double Blues, is Sturt. They were far too good for North Adelaide. 15-10, 100, defeating North Adelaide 
11-7-73 and ultimately knocking the Roosters out of the finals, which at the start of the year, if you said there was no North Adelaide and no Norwood in the top five, uh, I don't think many people would have predicted that. For sure. What a season it's been. Sturt really uh, completely changing the way they play from 2022 to 2023 under Marty Matner, putting an end to North Adelaide's campaign at the weekend. The Roosters trailed at every change, got within one point in the final term. For the double blues rallied and kicked away for the win. Uh, congratulations as well to Lockie Hosey, winning his first Ken Farmer medalist, taking the reins off uh, someone in this room. Yeah, now Lockie had a he's had a couple of really good years since he's come back from North Melbourne, and uh, he was runner up last year. So he'll be wrapped that he uh, got the chocolates this year, particularly with the likes of Liam McBean, and uh, we saw Luke Reynolds have a really good year as well. Plenty of competition, not just in the competition, but in his own side to take that award out. So, well done to Lockie Hosey. A fantastic year and be very interesting to see how his next few weeks go for Glenelgan in the finals. Um, so, that one's locked away. The McGarry medal will be a few weeks away and there was um, some of the better players uh, that put in really good performances in the last round of the year. And what I'm looking forward to today, Sammy, is I haven't done this yet this year, but I am going to announce my sample team of the year. So there will be a lot of guys up there in the McGarry medal count that has been factored into and will be part of that midfield potentially. But um, it's never easy picking a full team. Uh, but I've gone all out. I haven't done what the AFL does and got a squad of 44 and then, then break it back down. I've gone just your plane straight up 22. Beautiful, mate. No messing around. I'm sure I'll get some uh, interesting feedback. But, um, yeah, look, it's competitive as always. And uh, it was interesting looking at some of the statistics and some of the players that uh, there'll be a few, I think, first-timers in there, which would be great to see. And a few guys recognised for uh, a few really good seasons of performance. Just quickly on the McGarry medal, have you got a potential top three in no particular order that you can throw out for the listeners? Uh, look, I think that if I look at my team of the year, I think you've got to look at Glenelg. They've won the most games. They've won 15 games. Matt Allen's year and Corey Lyons' year. I think Corey Lyons will still go a little bit underrated. But I love the, the seasons of both of those midfielders, which... Says a bit considering that they also have the likes of Matty Snook and Partington and Turner in that midfield. But there's a couple of absolute standouts. I think that um, in Sturt, you'll see Battersby and Lewis and, and maybe Harry Grant from Centrals as well was stood up. So there's five for you. Don't want to break it down too much. No, stay um, tuned for uh, segment four after our interviews with James Battersby and Tyson Goldsack for Dan Menzel's Sandful Team of the Year. Menz, do you want to get on to what you liked and what you didn't like for the round that was? So what I like this weekend was that going into the last round of the season, what a way to finish the home and away season for the Sandful. The last quarters in four of the five games were utterly fascinating. So Norwood kicked seven goals, which we mentioned before in the last quarter, to none to jump the Crows and win that game. West Adelaide had a shot after the siren, as mentioned, for the second week in a row, and this time to actually win the game, and they did. Sturt halted a hungry North Adelaide in the last quarter and eight last quarter goals propelled Centrals into the finals when at one stage of the final term, they were actually outside of the top five on percentage. So for the sample, it couldn't have been scripted any better that you're into the last quarter of the home and away season and there are four games of the five that had a 
fair bit of riding on the line and incredible finishes. Yeah, I love that Super Saturday uh, concept that they've got going on the last round of the year. And I love that this week the Sandville Finals is going to be firmly in the spotlight with the AFL bye. Yeah, it, it will be. And you're right, it was a Super Saturday. It genuinely was the way the game play, played out. And it was super. And as you mentioned, AFL Finals bye this weekend. It's going to highlight the two finals, which we'll get into later in the show. But uh, it's been set up beautifully. And you catch all the S- the action on SENSA with Paul Bonzer and Jack Hanneth from 11.30 all the way until about 6 p.m. Double header at Adelaide Oval. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great day. We should get some really good weather and uh, a couple of interesting games as well, which we will break down later in the show. But let's get into what I didn't like. Yeah, what I didn't like was turning the TV on at the start of the Glenelgan South game and seeing Matt Broadbent get a concussion so early in the first quarter in his retirement game. It was his retirement game, his last game for South Adelaide. Same with Bryce Gibbs and Matt Rose. So it was great that those three were able to share their final game together and they got sent off. It wasn't a win for South Adelaide. Glenelgan far too good. But what I didn't like was that Matt Broadbent, unfortunately, wasn't able to play much of a part. It's not the way you'd want to go out in your retirement game. But at the same time, a huge shout out and recognition to the careers of Matt Broadbent, Bryce Gibbs and Matt Rose, who has been around for a long time. He's had a lot of injuries. But um, when he's been on the park, he has performed at such a high level and he's been the skipper of that club too. Question without notice, where do you see South Adelaide's future finals and premiership aspirations? Obviously, they got those veterans in a couple of years ago to you know, try and springboard into the finals, but it hasn't worked out for them. Where do you sort of see them heading into 2024? Yeah, I think it's exciting for South Adelaide. The, those three guys will move on and, and what they that means is they're going to regenerate the list now. The, their core at the moment is still pretty young and people probably don't realise that. You look at those guys and you look at Brooksby and you go, okay, they've got a fair bit of age in that lineup. Well, Ollie Davis in the midfield has had a really good year again. Mitch O'Neill is still very young as well. Um, they've still got Samson and a few other guys that are coming through. Kobe Much. These guys aren't on the other side of 25. These guys are under 25. So I think that South Adelaide's got a decent young core coming through, particularly through their midfield that they can build around. And uh, things can change and turn around pretty quickly for them. And a really good footy department with Brent Riley, Dean Brogan, Buffer, all just, um, you know, carrying the load there and, um, you know, seeing that redevelopment going on. Uh, Men's, I want to go uh, back in time. A few weeks ago, you and Walshy spoke about five games with big ramifications. And those games obviously happen now. Do you just want to take us back through how those impacted the season? Yeah, we mentioned uh, that leading into round 16, there was five games to go that were going to shape what was going to happen in the finals. And boy, did they do that. Round 16, Central's played Sturt in that game. The Double Blues got up by four points. Port took on Glenelg, and Glenelg won that one by nine points. So effectively, with Port losing that, it kept Central's in touch of Port Adelaide, and we know what happened there. Round 17, North took on Central's. Central's won that game by two points. As a result, that is what has defined them making finals this year in North Adelaide, missing out. And then on the weekend, Central's played Port and North played Sturt. We knew that if Port were to beat Central's and Sturt were to beat North, it would come down to percentage by how much you lost by. And that is what it was looking like at the start of the fourth quarter. But the dogs were too good. They ran over the top of them and 
Sturt were too good for North Adelaide. So those five games were massive in terms of the ramifications. And there's the reason why the Dogs have finished fourth, Port Adelaide have finished fifth, and North Adelaide have missed out in sixth position. Big rematch this week between uh, Centrals and Port. Have you ever had that where, you know, the last game of the round you played one team and then you've backed it up in the finals the next week? Uh, not one that springs to mind, but it is it is an interesting one. And um, I'm looking forward to asking Tyson Goldsack about this yep. because – at one stage of the last quarter, they would have probably known they were playing finals. They would have been able to check. Someone would have checked that North Adelaide were getting done by a fair amount. And so they're in finals. Do they change something? Do they take players off? It didn't happen. But you do wonder, okay, do we show our hand completely this week, knowing that next week there's every chance we're going to play them? Beautiful. Still to come, uh, we have Tyson Goldsack, coach of the Port Adelaide Magpies, Sturt star James Battersby, and Dan Menzel's team of the year. Sam Fantasia and Dan Menzel with you. We'll be back right after this. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Welcome back to the Sandful Show. Sam Fantasia with you, joined by Dan Menzel. Dan, we've got a very special guest with a big game coming up this Sunday, 12.15pm at Adelaide Oval. The Port Adelaide Magpies take on the Central District Bulldogs. We're joined by Tyson Goldsack, 165 games for the Collingwood Magpies. Now the head coach of the Port Adelaide Magpies. Tyson, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Charles. Thanks for having me on. Mate, great to have you. And uh, it's an interesting situation where you've just played Central Districts and you play them again in the elimination final. Uh, what did you take out of the game over the weekend and what sort of changes do you make heading into this Sunday's, Sunday's matchup? Uh, yeah, it, it is a strange concept um, and kind of thought that halfway or before the start of the game that this might occur so there was a little bit of like oh how much how much do how many cards do we show them just in case we have to play them in the first final but um, end up kind of not going our way did it um, on on when we play Saturday just gone so but um, yeah looking all eyes ahead to Sunday and yeah we've got we don't know who exactly who we have yet so we'll go through a team selection today or tomorrow um, depending on the AFL team and what they want as well um, but, yeah, we're, we're pretty confident we can turn it around. We, we played well against them early in the year um, and then probably didn't do things well enough for long enough on the weekend. So, Goldie, let's just take you back to the weekend. When did you know that you would be playing finals? Was there a live update in the box, potentially someone saying, hey, North Adelaide's down by too much now. We're definitely in. Uh, what was that experience like? Yeah, I, I kind of said to other coaches that no one should check the scores until post-halftime. Uh, I wanted to just focus solely on, on our game, making sure that we're trying to get the win and, and not leave it up to, to that result. Um, and it wasn't until kind of midway through the last that um, I've, I've called up to the box. I was down the, on the ground at the time on the bench and I kind of yeah, did call for the update just because things weren't going our way, um, just to see where we're at, uh, just so I could tell the players straight after the game you know, what the result was. And apparently it got to within a point in the last quarter of the, the Sturt North game and um, but I didn't hear that part, so I didn't get too anxious. <laughs> I only heard that they were about three goals down, so I got, I got the call off of the update at the right time. Yeah, and certainly did. It was incredible watching it live, and and as you said, seeing that they got within a point, and the the teams were changing on the ladder. But looking forward to this weekend, there are seventeen listed players that have qualified for Port Adelaide leading into the finals. I don't imagine we'll see that many playing this weekend, though. No, no, just because of the ruling of, of the AFL team last week that can't play with us this week. So uh, with the week off of the AFL, it kind of throws a bit of a spanner uh-huh. in the works. 
in that space. Um, you know, so say a, a Frankie Evans that went in late for Todd Marshall last week, he can't play for us now, even though he's qualified. Um, so we just have to kind of you know, almost roll out a very similar you know, make-up to, to last week. There'll be a couple of changes here and there, but you know, most of the guys that played with us last week will, will roll out again. So the question on everyone's mind, probably about Scott Lysett. Um, how do you pull up after the weekend's match and uh, will he play again on Sunday? Yeah, he, he pulled up really well. We um, He had monitored, monitored minutes throughout the game and, and played mainly forward, um, a little bit of ruck time at mainly forward. So yeah, he'll look to progress on that. Now what that looks like is is still up in the air. Um, he'll, play, he'll definitely play more ruck time. Um, but how many minutes they actually want to get into him, um, I need to speak to our high-performance team at, at Power and find that out. Um, just because there's a six-day break from our, our Maggie's game to the next AFL game. So... We probably don't want to cook in too much um, and roll into a, a first final on the AFL level uh, after six days. So we'll go to that late in the week and, and see what we can do. So just on that, Goldie, there's a potential then that we could see one or two players play in the final on Sunday and not play a full game? Well, potentially, yeah. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I spoke to Ken. He's he's reluctant to, to have too many of those. Um, he wants to give me the best chance to, to win. Um, which is good of him. Uh, but then at the same time, we don't want to sacrifice a player you know, potentially playing next week just because we don't want to manage their minutes uh, at our level. So um, the the one that's on everyone's you know mind would be Trent McKenzie as well and whether or not he needs to play a game before he plays AFL. Um, he's shown in the past that he can just roll out straight to an AFL game and perform okay. So it's, um, they're probably the two, Scott Lysette and, and Trent McKenzie. But... Again, we'll just have to wait and see over the next, you know, kind of 24 hours how that unfolds. So throughout the season, how have you sort of balanced that, um, you know, development of players, getting players fit and not playing full games and, um, you know, just juggling that workload? Yeah, it's it's one of the tougher things, I guess, where you, yeah, you, we, we, I mean, we rely on the AFL so heavily with our, our squad. Um, obviously, our Magpies players, yeah, they, they'll turn up. We're, I think we have about 18 on our list to choose from. Um, and they're, they're so keen to play and to win and compete. Um, but you have to try and juggle that. You know, we are there to, to help feed the AFL and develop our, our young AFL players. So, But now that it's, it's finals time, it's, yeah, we, we're keen to win. Um, so we don't want to kind of sacrifice a win um, just on the back of resting too many players. So we'll, um, we'll find that middle ground you know, this week and, and go forward from there. So this weekend, back at Adelaide Oval, where a few of the boys have played a lot of footy and a few of the guys not too much. So... The opportunity to play at Adelaide Oval is going to be slightly different from playing the Dogs at their home deck on the weekend. Um, do you think that is maybe one that's in your favour? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I got the question asked yesterday. I don't know how much it is in my favour. I know, you know, the, going out to, to Elizabeth to play, that's a, a pretty daunting task for most teams, you know, just with the, the sheer size of the ground and a bit of a hostile crowd, which, <laughs> yeah, we don't mind that. We, we have our own at Albany, I guess, but... Um, yeah, the, the shape of the ground at Adelaide was certainly different. Um, we think we can we can match up well against them, and we can we can play a certain brand of footy at, at Adelaide Oval because it's fairly similar to to Alberton. So we'll take a little bit of confidence in that, but but mainly confidence in the way that we started our game on the weekend. Yeah, we were doing some things right, but we went away from that. So yeah, let's just focus on the the good things we did and, and try and do that for for longer periods of time. Just back on the balancing the lineup, you've got some big boys available for the Magpies: Dante Vicentini, Bryn Teagle, Sam Hayes, Tom Scully, plus Scotty Lysett. Will they all play? And sort of, how do you balance having those that many players over two hundred centimeters? It's been that's been a challenge throughout the year. Yeah, there's at, at times I've had four genuine tall forwards 
Um, and it's, it's hard, kind of hard to get that balance right, isn't it? Um, we played Brim Teagle down back at the start of the year just to, to try and you know, nullify too many tall forwards. Um, but with Sam Hayes playing AFL, he can't come back this week. So now it, it looks a little bit more balanced with Scott Lysett on monitored minutes. Yeah, you can have two or three tall forwards, and yeah, and that that generally works okay. You know, two tall forwards is ideal. Three you can get away with. Fours, fours too many, so we should be okay. It will be very interesting on the weekend, Goldie. How much uh, have you either learnt or enjoyed personally the role this year as the Magpies coach, and uh, I guess balancing training the sample players, but also being part of the AFL program. Yeah, that's a. That's a good question. It's, I, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. Um, yeah, my first two two questions to Shane Grimm, who was running our program, was like, "So when does preseason start?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know, mate. When does preseason start?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, right. I guess I'll make that decision now, don't I?" And what nights do we train? He's like, "Well, what nights do we train?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay. I, I understand it now." So just kind of feeling my way in the dark a little bit to start with, but then you know everything for me was about you know, how do I get these two teams that don't get to train together much during the week to, to come together game day. Um, and that was always going to be the challenge, and it has been in the past. And I think we've found a nice balance with the, the crew that we have at Magpies level. They generally get on pretty well with the AFL-listed players. So um, they've adapted well. The AFL players coming back know they're coming back to a program that has a little bit of meaning behind it. Um, we're not just rolling out games you know, just for their sake. We're trying to compete, um, you know, play consistent footy, and, and trying to win. So I think that helps on, on game day and, and play for a purpose, I guess. Uh, Goldie, all the best on the weekend against the Dogs and thanks for joining us today on The Sample Show. Too easy, guys. Thanks for having me on. Let's go, Mags. That's it. Tyson Goldsack there, the Port Adelaide Magpies uh, coach this year. And Sammy, I reckon that's fascinating what he mentioned about the quirk and the rules with Port Power not playing this weekend. So they can't play players from that AFL team, uh, which is... Interesting. Maybe maybe they wouldn't have changed anything, but the lineup is going to look very similar to what we saw them play against the Dogs last weekend. For sure. And I loved his comments about uh, not wanting to know the score until yes. they needed to know the score, essentially, as to whether they'll be playing finals. Uh, very, very interesting comments there, as were the points around uh, Lysette and Trent McKenzie as well. Yeah. We could potentially see... Port Adelaide play uh, two players this week that don't play any of the game in the last quarter when the game is on the line. Yeah. It, uh, it it might be a little advantage to the dogs there if that does happen. But, uh, yeah, watch this space. Yeah, one of the little quirks of having the, uh, I guess, the AFL reserve sides playing in the Sandford competition. Anyway, men's great chat there with Tyson Goldsack. Up next, we'll be joined by Sturt star James Battersby. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Welcome back to the Sandful Show. Sam Fantasia joined by Dan Menzel. Men's a great chat there with Port Magpies coach Tyson Goldsack. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Finals this weekend. One of the blokes who I think is going to star in the finals is James Battersby from Sturt. And he joins us now. James, welcome to the program. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Right. Great to have you on. A uh, bit of a scare in the last quarter against North Adelaide where they got within one point, but your boys managed to kick away. Can you just run us through the game and, um, you know, what you sort of kicked into gear in that last term to run away with the victory? Yeah, I think that's been the tell of our season. We like to make it a bit hard for ourselves throughout the year. Uh, we've won a couple of close ones and lost a couple. Um, oh, we started really well. We started hot. We wanted to really focus on that. Um and then the second half was a bit of a tail at two halves. I think North had everything on the line. 
Um, they need to win that game to make the final spot. So the second half, they kind of changed their game a bit and just kind of went hell for leather, which maybe caused a bit off guard. Um, but as you said, we were able to steady in that last quarter and I think kick a couple of goals and end up winning by about three goals in the end, which was pleasing. Yeah, it was a really good win, James. And uh, 14 wins and four losses this year, which is a pretty comprehensive and dominant season. Did it feel like you were in control of the season um, throughout the majority of this year? Um, good question. I think you can always put it down to almost two seasons in one. I think we started off really red hot. Um, I think we won our first eight games, if I, it was top of my head. Um, we then went through a little bit of a, or what we call a bit of a slump, um, and that comes with a bit of a young team. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to just keep winning and putting in great performances, especially in the sample this year with such an even competition. Um, so I think we went through a little bit of like a bit of a lull where we were, you know, had a couple of losses and just not playing the way we wanted to play. Um, but I think the last kind of four weeks, we've really started to click into gear um, and started to play the footy that we want to play coming into the final series. Beautiful. And uh, you, the Crows and the Bays seem to be the best three teams in it. Did you watch the Crows game over the weekend and sort of how Norwood got over the top of it, top of them? And can you take anything, anything from that? Uh, we have watched a little bit. We'll probably do a bit more vision later in the week, but we're also fortunate enough to play the Crows a couple of weeks ago. Um, and obviously they, they got the better of us and their team will probably look a little bit different than what it did two weeks ago. Um, but I think they're solid. Play. We know how they want to play and they want to play against us. So we, we did review that game quite heavily and have learned some stuff that we did well and learned some stuff that we didn't do that well and we have worked on it. Um, and we just can't wait to get out there this Sunday. Speaking of game styles, uh, your side's game style has sort of evolved between last season and this season. Can you run us through that, what some of the changes have been made and um, you know how, how a coach goes about implementing those changes in the off-season and maintaining them throughout the season? Yeah, I think we identified at the end of last year that we probably weren't where we wanted to be um, and probably didn't have the game style that could probably win a premiership in the sample at this stage. Um, so we met as a leadership group and coaching staff and just thought we had to just tinker a few things um, in order to believe to play game style that can to win a sample premiership. Uh, so we obviously we stirred uh, under Marty Mutter, a very defensive minded team. Um, but we've just tinkered a little bit in terms of our offense to just have that offensive threat in games where we can you know, blow out a game or kick, kick 90 or 100 points to maybe win against a team like the Crows and Glenelg or all the teams in the finals. Because um, so I think you need to have that firepower um, to be able to win finals. Uh, it's a really interesting point, James, uh, because in last year's elimination final, the lack of potency certainly was evident. So it's a great pickup and, and change and tweak there. And I guess the other one that helps with that is the form of Josh Hone, Gribble and Burrows this year up in your forward line. Yeah, they've been they've been absolutely fantastic. I think Josh Owen is clearly probably clearly the best small forward in the competition, and he's had an outstanding year. I think finishing third in the Ken Farmer, um, so that's just a testament to his year. But also, yeah, you're right. You touched on Lachlan Burrows and Ollie Gribble, um, and they've been inconsistent for now to four to five years, and they're starting we're starting to reap the rewards of their hard work and you know doing their time in the reserves, and they're playing some really good consistent league football. I think also Lachlan Burrows finished top five or six in the Ken Farmer. And he's really good with his voice and structure, and he knows most of the in the forward line and helps out players like the Aldi Gribbles. But then we have a bit of mixture there, but they've been awesome, and we hope for a big final series from all three of them. Yeah, absolutely. And they those games will be at Adelaide Oval. So speaking of, has there been much talk about the ground and how to play the, the ground? It's a much different uh, venue compared to Wigan Oval when it comes to dimensions. 
it is, it is different dimensions and probably the surface. Um, no, we, we have spoken about that. Um, oh, the benefit of the sample is you play everyone everywhere. So, you know, there's grounds like West Adelaide, Ponderosa, which is massive. So we played everywhere and, and, and won at most grounds. Um, we have this year, though, forward planned and started to train it at different venues just to kind of get those dimensions right to Adelaide Oval. And obviously, it's a different ground to Wigan. So, yeah, we have, we have forward planned and trained at some different venues just to accommodate for that. Um, but we, we, we played on big grounds and won on big grounds, so no, we're excited to get out there. Would you like to see some potential changes to the final structure and a bit of a reward for effort for the teams that do finish sort of second, third on the ladder and being able to play a home final at their home ground just to get that advantage that you might feel like you've earned with such a strong season? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I was actually speaking about this with someone last week. I said, when's the last time Sample had home finals? Um, oh, it's, it's, it's just a preference. Like, I think all players uh, know that all finals are played on Adelaide Oval, and everyone's excited to play on Adelaide. It's such a great ground, great facility. Everyone gets excited to go there. But then you're right. The other side of the story is you can, you know, get a home final if you finish second or, or fourth. Uh, obviously first, um, and play against the home crowd where you're comfortable, you know the ground. So, um, oh, it's, it's a catch-22. I'd personally love playing that late oval. Um, it's such a great ground, and it means that it's finals. But I'd also love to play home ground at Unley Oval because oh, it'd be amazing. The crowd there would be, travel there would be in full force. So um, oh, I'm happy with it, to be honest. Yeah, no doubt. The, it'd be nice to play at home, but as you mentioned, it's so good playing at Adelaide Oval. Hey, question on uh, Pat Wilson. Will we see him back this week? Is he expected to play? Yeah, another another good question. Um, he will train tonight. We've got our main session tonight. Uh, he did train last week, but we just, the coaching staff, just thought we'd hold him off for one more week as last week didn't have too much bearing on our, on our ladder position. So, he will train tonight and all things going well, get through. Um, he's uh, put himself up for selection. And just personally on your year, James, you had another very consistent year. How do you compare it to your last four or five seasons? Do you think it's better or would you say that you've potentially been better over the last couple of years? Um, yeah, good question. Um, I, I thought I've, I've done a full pre-season this year, which I haven't had in a while just due to off-season surgery. So that's obviously, you hear everyone talk about pre-season holding into a step for the season. Um, yeah, I've just made a couple of tweaks in my game about maybe getting the ball a bit more forward and instead of in the back half of the ground, to be a bit more damaging. So oh, I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm still trending in the other direction. I'm getting not getting younger. So <laughs> I need to be playing consistent footy. Otherwise, the young boys would be nipping at my heels. So um, oh, I've had a pretty consistent year, but more, more keen to see what the next four weeks hold. James, thanks so much for joining us, mate. All the best. 3.15 p.m. Adelaide Oval against the Crows. Uh, if you're listening and you want to listen to the match, you can join Paul Bonza and Jack Hanneth on 1629 SENSA. James, thanks again for joining us and all the best for that matchup. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No thanks, worries. James. Up next, we'll have Dan Menzel's Team of the Year. And yes. Anything else you want to run us through, Menz? Oh, I'm looking. Nah, we're going to spend a bit of time on the Team of the Year. And that man we just spoke to will certainly figure in that. There's one that I'm going to give away early. He's had a great year. And uh, as I mentioned, the consistency of this season for him and a few of his teammates have been a big reason why they are in the top three and they have that double chance. So we'll go through the Team of the Year next. And uh, I'm looking forward to... Going through that, and uh, uh, if you've got any questions for me on any of it, then give us the feedback. It'd certainly be interesting. I'm sure there'll be plenty of that. And even you, Sammy, if you think that maybe I've missed one or two, then uh, definitely let me know. 
on SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Welcome back to the Sandful Show. Sam Fantasia joining you. Joining me is Dan Menzel. Men, something I've been looking forward to all show. We teased it at the start of the program. Then we had a couple of great chats with Tyson Goldsack and James Battersby from Port Magpies and Sturt, respectively. If you missed those chats, you can catch them on the podcast on the SEN app. But, men's it's time now for your team of the year. Yes, my sample team of the year will be announced officially in the coming weeks. But uh, I've gone through my team of the year and done a little bit of research here and so let's start with the forward line, Just Sammy. Just quickly, sorry. You haven't messed around. You haven't done a squad of 44 or anything like that. You've just done a best 22. I've done a best 22. I've got some guys that potentially are stiff to miss, but uh, I've gone straight up with the best 22. And so we'll start with the forward line. In the forward pocket, I have Josh Hone from the Sturt Football Club. He's kicked 41 goals this year. It's an absolute no-brainer. As bad as we mentioned, he's probably been the best small forward this season, at full forward, it's a Ken Farmer medalist in Lockie Hosey. 52 majors this season. It's been a great year. And in the forward pocket, I have Lockie Gallant from the Adelaide Footy Club. He has kicked the 37 goals. It was only in 14 games. Yeah. So potentially, some might say selection criteria, but he's kicked 37 in 14. It's pretty impressive. We go to the half-forward flank. I've got Luke Reynolds there at half-forward from the Glenelg Footy Club in, with 37 goals. Liam McBean is the centre-half-forward in the team of the year. He's kicked 43 goals this season. A great year for Liam. And James Rowe comes in on the other half-forward flank. He kicked 17 goals from the 18 games, but he averaged 24 touches a game. He That's will Andy be pushing up, up the ground in the McGarry medal count because he has played a fair role in the midfield as well. Absolutely. It's uh just looking at your team of the year, you've got it nice and color-coded, and I can see a lot of yellow. So let's maybe move on to the wing position in yep. your team of the year. So the wing, we've got Matt Allen. He has had a sensational year. He's played a fair bit inside as well, but um, he has kicked 22 goals this season from the midfield. He's averaged 20 touches a game. He's had a super season, as has his teammate who I've got in the center position, which is Corey Lyons. Averaging 24 touches a game, he has been super for them. Inside this year at Glenelg. And on the other wing, North Adelaide gets a representation here with Frank Ezekiel. He's had a super year. He's averaged 22 touches. He got rewarded with state footy. So I have Alan Lyons and Zekley across the midfield line there. As we move to half back, it's Casey Voss from Sturt. Another really good year. He just keeps putting them together. I have Voss there averaging 22 touches a game. I've got Max Proud at centre-half back from Glenelg. Uh, again, just goes about his business there. He's averaging eight marks a game and 19 touches, which is pretty good for a key defender. And on the halfback flank, I have Joey Sinor from the Woodville West Torrance Footy Club. Again, he's had a really good three or four seasons now. He's averaged 23 touches a game, Joey. So he gets the halfback nod there. Just circling back to the midfield, Frank Zeckley was in some potential draft discussions last year, but obviously missed out back at North Adelaide this year. How do you think his season this year stacks up compared to his 2022 year? Uh, it's been very good. I think it's underrated because he's got more attention this year. People and coaches know who he is, and he's certainly got attention, but um, he's featured in the coaches' votes a number of times this year, so I think it's been just as good. And so we did the half-back line. We'll go to the back pocket, and that is Joey Haynes, uh, South Adelaide back pocket there. Joey's had a really good year. He finished the season extremely well, had 38 touches on the weekend. He still averaged 24 touches a game. It's probably not his best season he's had at this level, but very solid. I've got Toby Pink as the fullback um, for the team of the year. Again, he's just one who locks down on opponents and does a super job. Uh, he also 
is leading the competition this year in contested marks a game. He's had 33 contested marks. It's nearly two a game, and it's the clear number one in the competition. And in the back pocket, it is Will Coombless. Now, Will's had a very good season. He's played the 17 games this year. He is averaging seven marks a game. The one game he missed, they got beaten by Glenelg by 105 points. Jeez. So it shows he is important to them. Let's move on to the ruck line and the center line. Kieran Strawn is my ruckman this year. This was a tough one. Harry Boyd was it last year, and he's had a very good year. But Strawn gets the nod uh, in this position. He has been super for the Crows. And without him in the team the last two weeks, it's shown the difference it's made. He averages 105 ranking points a game. Harry Grant is my ruck rover. He has been super and sensational for the Dogs. 26 touches a game. He'll feature heavily in the McGarry medal. As will James Battersby, who gets a rover position. We spoke with him just before. James has had another really consistent year. He does it year in, year out, and he is averaging 26 touches a game. So he gets the rover position, which leaves just the bench to go, just the interchange. I've got Keegan Brooksby on the bench for South Adelaide, the Ruckman. Another great year. He is averaging 103 ranking points a game. It was close between Strawn, Brooksby, and Harry Boyd, but Strawn and Brooksby get the nod. Kobe Ryan for West Adelaide is in the team of the year. It's well done to Kobe. He's only 19 years of age. He averages 23 touches a game. His last month of footy has been sensational. Nick Rokar as well has finished the season really well. He gets the other bench position. With 27 touches a game, he's put together another great season, as has Tom Lewis, who gets the last spot on the ground. Tom Lewis this year averages, how's this for tackle numbers, 12 tackles a game and 24 disposals a game. He has been very good for the double blue. So that there is my team of the year. We'll go through really quickly. Forward line, Josh Hone, Hosey and Gallant, half forward. Reynolds, McBean, and Rowe. The center line, Allen, Lyons, and Zeckley. The half back line is Casey Voss, Proud, and Sinal. The back line is Haynes, Toby Pink, and Coombless. The ruck and center line is Strawn, Grant, and Battersby. And the interchange is Brooksby, Kobe Ryan, Rokar, and Tom Lewis. Now, I've got a very important question for you. Who's going to be coach, assistant coach, captain, and vice captain? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the coach has to be... Um, oh, that's a tough one because Mick Gordon's had a great year for the Crows. But I'll go with Darren Reeves. He's, he's got them yep. to the minor premiership spot. Coming late as well last year. Yep. Uh, and then I think if I'm to look at captain and vice captain, well, I think that in terms of captain, I'd go James Battersby. He is the captain of his own team and has done a super job there. And he's been in this team for a number of years now that he deserves that recognition and the vice-captain spot, I will give that one. Um, I'll go with Max Proud, the captain of Glenelg as well. So there's a couple couple of guys maybe stiff to miss. Uh, Jackson Haightley for the Crows. They, they had such a good midfield this year. Um, Campbell Coombe, another good season. Uh, George Kendall Essentials has put together a really good year. Uh, Port, the only team that doesn't have a representation in there. It's just a consistency in guys playing AFL footy. So Trent DeMont's maybe the one who's stiff to miss. I mentioned Harry Boyd. Uh, and just a shout out to Ollie Davis, Frederick McFadden, O'Neill, and Bailey have also had good seasons. Just over a minute left in the program, and we want to look at uh, this week's finals as well. But just quickly, did you flirt with putting Matt Crouch in the side? I uh, did, but I also think that uh, Harry Schoenberg's year at Sample yeah. Level has been just as good. But they both played 11 and 12 games. It's not enough to make it. And so that's why they didn't quite get in. Glenelg with seven in there, Sturt with five, and then Adelaide South and Eagles with two, North, Norwood, Centrals, and West all with one. But let's get into the games before we wrap the show. 
Elimination final this Sunday. Central's taking on Port Adelaide. We know that uh, the Dogs finished strongly last week. Do you think the Dogs or the pe- or the Port Adelaide team will be too good? Well, chatting to Tyson Goldsack earlier in the show, I think I'm going to have to go with the Dogs just on the fact that Port Adelaide might be forced into resting some players in the vital last quarter. Yeah, we don't know who's going to play for Port. And, and you mentioned it. It could be Lysel McKenzie. could be resting in the last quarter with only one or two on the bench. So... I'll go the dogs as well. And then Sturt take on Adelaide in the qualifying final at 3.15. Uh, again, a very interesting matchup here. Which way are you going to go? Jeez, it's really tough, isn't it? Oh, It is. I've circled the Crows with very little confidence. Yep. I, I'm going to go the Crows with Kieran Strawn back in. Lovely. If he's not, yep. I don't think they win. But uh, massive week of finals this weekend. And you can catch all the action live right here on 1629 SENSA from 11.30 on Sunday for all the finals action. Paul Bonzer will be joined by Jack Hanneth for the double header. Men's great to be with you this week. Next week, you'll be back with Walshy, but it was a pleasure filling in. No, great work today, Sammy. You did a great job, and uh, we will see all you guys again next week.